Welcome to Trailblazer Igniting Business and Community. Here we will share insights, tools, concepts. We'll bring on guests as we stoke the fire to help grow businesses and communities. Are you ready for this week's episode? Here are our hosts. Welcome back, listeners. My name is Dave McDonald with Mobile Tier. John Oliver with Agile Wealth Partners. And we thank you all for joining us this week on the Trailblazer podcast. Last week, we talked about connecting or reconnecting with your community as you approach restarting your business as these restrictions start to be rolled back in our communities. Sure, Dave. And we we, we did get some uh, finalities on that. And I'm sure, you know, it's been about a week and people seem to be pretty excited. And then we've got a group of people that aren't so excited, which, you know, everyone's got their own opinion. But so mainly what happened was all, all businesses are pretty much every business that can do some sort of curbside service or works outdoors is back up and running. And if you're going indoors as a consumer, uh, you need to wear a mask. Um, I know there's some limitations. I know I've seen in the Kroger's or some kind of like one ways and there's some limitations on how many people can go into uh, these facilities. So, for example, I was around ACO yesterday, and I seen a line, which was the weirdest thing that I've ever seen. So, <laughs> um, that's how the restrictions are working. It's leaving a lot of people kind of out. Uh, back to one more thing: golfing, motorboats. Uh, you know, some of the things that people were really looking to do are are back online as well. But some some of the portion of businesses that are not online and ready to roll are uh, gym spas, uh, beauty centers, um, haircutting. I mean, there's a lot of interaction based businesses such as myself. We still can't meet one on one with clients. So um, because actually, you know, it's kind of weird. I was trying to figure that out myself if we were social distance and we wore a mask, but um, we're Technically, at this point, a lot of the service businesses are still on hold. So and, you know, for businesses in general, they're really just working from, you know, curbside. So a lot of businesses are still just not even open for that reason. So that's pretty much how it's breaking down right now. Excellent. Well, regardless of uh, you know, being open, dealing with the restrictions, that's why we've talked about in our prior podcasts the importance of having a plan. And then even as last week, connecting with your community. So part of connecting with your community uh, was the importance of reaching out to your partners, your local downtown development authorities, your local main streets, if your community has one, and a variety of other uh, organizations such as chambers or your referral groups. These are all important community resources that as business owners, we should be tapping into, especially now as we look to what it looks like to restart our businesses. So this week, to give further insight on the importance of connecting with your community, we want to introduce our very special guest this week, Kate Litwin, Director of Howell Downtown Development Authority here in Michigan, as well as the Chief Operating Officer of Howell Main Street. Welcome, Kate. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to participate in this because it's a really important issue for all business owners and for our community members as well. Exactly. We're so great to have you here. Uh, so before we get started into some of the reasons a business should partner with their local downtown development authority or their local main street, and ultimately giving uh, you an opportunity to showcase all the cool things that are going on uh, in Howell, Michigan, give us a brief you know, background of yourself. How did you get into this line of work? What drives you in this line of work? Um, and kind of just, you know, why you do what you do? My background, I have a degree in historic preservation, art and architectural history from the Savannah College of Art and Design. So my passion has always been focused around historic downtowns. They have a special place in my heart. Each downtown is unique and important to a community's sense of place and identity. Um, my husband and I moved to Howell in 2004. We were looking for a place to really call home. And I visited and I saw all the 
historic architecture and the sense of community and just the vibe and the quaint feel of our downtown. I fell in love with it and was blessed to be able to combine not only that passion, my educational background, but turn it into a career that has led me to Howe Main Street in the DDA. I live here, I work here, and I absolutely love our community. That is awesome. Um, and is for so our cool. listeners, uh, being the fact that I live here in Howell, um, Howell is a great place. And um, I can attest to all the great work that uh, Kate does through the main street to help out the local businesses uh, and the community at large. Uh, so with that, John, I'm going to have you kind of lead us off into our sure. uh, first set of points here uh, and share some tools and tricks um, and get some further insight from Kate on how businesses can work with their DDAs and main streets. Sure. Just real quick, Kate, I mean, I think that's really cool. Your background is, you know, how, how it actually does connect with, with the town, but in a totally different way than I would have ever thought. So um, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I'm a really big fan of architecture and, and small towns as well. And uh, you just can't really get enough of the, that feel. It, it's just hard to beat, you know, it's pretty Absolutely. cool. So Unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of those small towns are being affected and, and not just small towns, but as we went through with some of the changes that Michigan did make. So, you know, opening up, we'll call it, you know, halfway or 75 percent of the way. I mean, a good portion of businesses are operating in some sort of capacity um, as well as some businesses are basically just shut down altogether. So, I mean, with the recent changes how, how does that affect, you know, main streets and DDAs, you know, how can, how are they working alongside these businesses to help them and uh, navigate, you know, to navigate, you know, what's going on and what will be going on, we'll say in the next few weeks as things continue to change. Yeah, our world completely flipped upside down. You know, we were going along, we were having a, a wonderful year. We're planning all of these amazing special events and programs. Um, and then, yeah, everything flipped. So our role has changed as well. We're, we're playing an important role right now, serving as kind of an informational hub for our small businesses and our entrepreneurs. Right now, our small business owners, they're, they're just being flooded with information from literally everywhere. And it's hard for them to digest that quantity and also separate fact from fiction. Um, so yes. our goal is to provide the resources that have been vetted that we know are accurate as much as we possibly can and connect our business owners with resources that fit their needs because each and every one of these businesses has a different need. The restaurateurs have different needs from the salons and spas, the you know, retail boutiques, and they have completely different needs as well. So we're trying to hook them up with lenders, with grants, uh, PPE vendors for masks and sanitizing equipment with marketing firms and e-commerce solutions. Um, there's a lot of small businesses that aren't or weren't set up for e-commerce and that's what they had to flip to really quickly to secure revenue. So how can they do that quickly? User-friendly. Um, they don't, a lot of them don't have a huge technology background. So trying to just hook them up with those resources, they've had to adapt so quickly so we're really just trying to help them avoid yeah. the runaround and bring the solutions directly to them via email, phone conversations, That's like Dave mentioned, a downtown discussion, you know, where we can bring the business owners together and have those conversations and they can network and bounce ideas off of each other as well. Excellent. And I, and I will get more into it and kind of how to contact you guys and, and, and other organizations like you, but so would you just suggest they would maybe go to just go to Google and start searching from there and then reaching, reach out to a, a DDA or a main street or their chamber or how, how do you think they would go about getting this information the best way possible if they're not already part of the main street, for example? Right. I, I really hope that, going into this, they already had a strong relationship with their DDA or chamber, Main Street, et cetera. Sometimes that's not always the case, depending on the community. Um, we are, are lucky enough that we've had those connections already. But um, 
you know, if you don't know where to start, Google is your best resource or going to your municipality's website will help you figure out if your municipality even has a downtown development authority or if your area or town has a chamber of commerce. Um, you know, not all of not all of the municipalities have a dedicated downtown development authority as an entity that has to be created by the local government. Um, but um, most have a chamber of commerce and all of these organizations are working together to ensure the success of our businesses. So whether you're going through your DDA, your chamber, connect with somebody, it's really important. Um, and talk to your fellow business owners as well, because if you don't know, they might. So I think that that's also a helpful resource. And that's actually a great segue into our next point here. So uh, Kate, kind of you already alluded to the Main Street, the Downtown Development Authority, but kind of give us, you know, a quick, you know, 30,000 foot view as to how the two organizations differ, even though a lot of communities might not have one or both. Um, and then kind of how a business should go about, you know, being involved once they are able to contact, what kind of things should they kind of look into um, in playing a role with whether they're DDA or yep. a Main Street? Um, DDAs and Main Streets sometimes differ, sometimes they're one and the same. Um, typically, a downtown development authority is a function of the municipality where they are funded through a tax capture. So a portion of the property taxes paid in the DDA district that is established by the city, typically by the charter or master plan, um, a portion of those property taxes are funneled into the downtown development authority. And we are the organizations that are created solely to focus on downtowns and their survival, their success, economic and community development. So not all downtowns have a DDA and not all downtowns have a Main Street. In order to be a Main Street community, you have to have a historic downtown through, and it has to be you know, registered and identified through the National Trust for Historic Preservation. And you have to show a strong commitment to not only preserving your physical assets, so your historic buildings, monuments, whatever you may have in your downtown, but also toward that economic and community development that happens in your typical downtown. That's not, that's gonna be different from community de or economic development in your average strip mall, for example. So sure. there, you know, there are a lot of organizations in the country that do focus on economic development, um, but that's just not specifically for downtown. So these organizations were created specifically for downtown. So the money gets funneled into downtown. Our DDA differs a little bit in that the DDA typically focuses upon infrastructure, um, some aesthetics, so parking lots, curbs, um, streetscapes, etc. But those typically aren't the things that bring people downtown. What brings people downtown, you know, I don't know, really know anybody's like, I went down because they have great sidewalks. They, they go <laughs> So what brings people downtown is that community development, those events, the special programming, the things that Main Street is really known for is bringing the community together to create success. And, you know, here in Hamill, our Main Street district is comprised of 99% independent businesses. I think really in our Main Street district, we only have one chain business and that's Marco's Pizza and Marco's is still a Michigan based company. So we don't here. You don't see we're unique. You don't see the, the things that you would see in anywhere USA. We've got our typical mom and pop shops that are unique and exciting. Um, both organizations typically rely on volunteers to get their work done. Um, you know, our volunteers are dedicating thousands of hours each year to their communities, they're bringing quality programming and events that they brainstorm, they create themselves. So Main Street organizations help the community establish their identity and what makes them unique and shows the world that our downtowns are just as important, as important to who we are and that we take pride in our home and we take pride in our town. 
Excellent. No, and that, that gives a great background to our listeners as to the differences between a DDA and a Main Street, and obviously what to look um, through your community uh, as you look forward to connect. Um, before we go on to the next point, and I turn it back over to John here. Um, so knowing what the DDA is about, knowing what the Main Street is about, why should a business, I'll be <laughs> blunt, care? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, there you go. Why should yeah. a business care? I think that you need to care about your DDAs and your main streets because we are here for your success. Your success is our success as our as organizations. We want to help you sure. survive. Um, the main street program is interesting in that it breaks down a successful community into different what they call their four points approach, and it's how your organization support like achieves its mission our mission in Howell is to be the heart and hub of the community um, and be a destination for our residents and for our guests so each you know we operate under different teams that focus on one team focuses on our outreach to the community who is who are we what is this main street organization why do we exist why do we do what we do why do we care so much about our business community and our ecosystem and how can the community get involved it's very important because your main street communities are made up of all or main street organizations are made up of all volunteers and these are dedicated community members who want to make downtowns thrive we also have our design team they help focus upon our preserving our historic assets through facade improvements, through different types of historic preservation. And they make our downtown visually pleasing and inviting. So anytime you see the flower pots in the spring and summer or the corn stalks during the fall and our holiday decorations, all of these add to a sense of place and increase the vibrancy and vitality mm -hmm. of our downtown. And they're an important cog in the wheel of community economic development. And then we also yeah, we also Definitely. have a vital economic vitality team. So they're helping our businesses succeed and flourish through programs like our rent subsidy program to help small business owners through their first year of being a bricks and mortar store. We market to downtown developers to fill vacant properties so that we don't have any holes or have properties that, that could have a completely new life. Um, the economic vitality team recruits new businesses, post ribbon cuttings, and then we have our promotions team that focuses really on community promotion and marketing. They do the fun things, not the curbs and the sidewalks. They do the fun things that <laughs> bring people downtown to shop, dine, and experience everything that our town has to offer. So we have, you know, music festivals, food truck events, retail focused events that directly impact our businesses, all of these programs and all of the activities that a Main Street community does, is they do with a, a specific purpose in mind. And that is to make your downtown a destination. And it takes all of these parts working together. So the business owners, why should they care? They should care because this is their community fighting for the business's survival. They're, they're working really hard day in, day out, volunteering their time and their man hours and some blood, sweat and tears to achieve this goal and to create excitement around downtown. Um, generally speaking, it's some of the best marketing that you'll ever see because you have all of these people working together toward a common goal. They share with their friends, they share with their family, they share with their networks. And the connections made in the community are exceptionally vital to the overall success. That is awesome. Yeah, Kate, that was a great explanation. And you're going to, you've answered a lot of kind of what I was going to ask. And uh, the next point was in the two different ways, if you could answer them kind of separately, what can businesses do and what their roles uh, when it comes to, you know, being part of a, a DDA, a main street, and then what about the, the residents and, you know, the people that live and, and, and work in the city? What's their roles and how, they, how can they be a part of a DDA Main Street? What, what, what can they do to make things better? I think that the most important way for both to contribute 
is by getting involved and investing there and investment everybody automatically goes toward you know the financial but honestly you know volunteering your time is just as important as making a financial contribution um for the businesses getting involved they are opened up to a different network of individuals and residents community members who are all working together to ensure success. We love having our business owners sit on our various committees that I had talked about before. Um, It really gives us a perspective of what the business owners need and what they're looking for. You know, we, our volunteer teams, we really empower them to come up with creative ideas, activities, events, and programming. But we want to make sure that we're doing it with our business owners. Because we, you know, there's no point in us creating something that the business owner's like, no, 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 that is never going to work for us. So, yeah, and, and it's <laughs> happened before. So we we love that participation, and I think that it's vitally important for not only the business business success, but also for our organization success as well. So I always encourage business owners to invest time as they're able. Now, reality tells us that our business owners, they're usually in their shop 60, 70 hours a week. They Sometimes they're sole operations. Sometimes they just don't have the time. But I think that there's always a volunteer opportunity available for anybody, whether that's just helping us with one event. And it could be something as simple as setting up tables and chairs or selling beer tickets to really getting active in a planning committee or in a project. Um, we want their support. And if if, our business, if the business owner can't volunteer and they can't make that level of commitment, just providing feedback to us is really important. We try to get feedback from all of our businesses after we hold an event or a program. Um, but just being available to us to bounce ideas off of and to answer questions is really huge as well. And the same goes for the community, you know. Um, same thing for volunteers in the community. The most important way is to get involved. So I always invite the community to come out, check out our events, see what it's like from an attendee standpoint, and then think about what you're passionate about. We have some community members that are really passionate about flowers and the flower pots and the aesthetics. So they're perfect accompaniments to our design team. And then there's some that love to plan events and that's really exciting to them. So we like to try to hook up the the volunteer with their passion and what they're interested in and find a good fit. There is a good fit for absolutely everybody. But there's a good portion of the community that just doesn't have the time. And we're all, we all have very few schedules. Though right now we might have more time than before, but now we can't even meet. So whatever. Um, exactly. As you can hear, <laughs> we all know. Yeah, exactly. So what about... What, what is, uh, remote. So how about like board? Is there of the uh, of the main street? Yes, all all main street organizations kind of operate under an inverted pyramid. You know, in most organizations or corporations, the CEO COO is a top dog. But we've kind of flipped the script on that. Our volunteer teams are the top level of the organization. They're empowered to come up with new ideas, create new programs and opportunities and watch their visions come to life. Then we also have a board of directors next on the pyramid. And it's typically made up of our, they're definitely our most dedicated volunteers. They give the most time and energy to this organization. And our board is completely volunteer at my, me, well, actually, we only have one paid staff person because I'm paid by the DDA. We have literally one paid staff person. And everything that our Main Street organization does is done by volunteers. So our board of directors is a working board. And in all Main Street organizations, they're expected to be. So that means that it's just not a title of board member or you know, president or treasurer of the board. They're actually sitting on these planning teams and committees. Sometimes they're sitting on more than one. And they help promote our projects and events with their contacts, their friends, their family. They do the day of grunt work, like setup and teardown, garbage removal. They work really, really hard to ensure the success of the organization. They also have the hard challenge of 
financial management, evaluating projects to make sure that they're meeting the goals and the mission of our organization and to make sure that these projects are financially responsibility. And lately the board has had to make really tough decisions regarding canceling some projects and events due to the COVID crisis. And yeah, they're changing and adapting Uh, their budget. They're offsetting some revenue losses and there's a lot going on right now. And they work so hard and they also stay in touch with all of the business owners and they act as an extension of staff. So their roles are huge and vital to the success of our organization. I, I couldn't do my job as effectively without them. How, so do you guys rely on some of the events to, uh, to fund some of this and are some of those going to be canceled or how does that look? Yes, we do. Um, so our events like our food truck rally, which was scheduled for May 30th, we do make revenue off of um, primarily the beer and wine sales that we ha- have as part of the rally um, and the entrance fees for the food truckers. That revenue will be completely lost this year. We also have our summer music series called rock the block that happens the first wednesday of june july and august there haven't been any final decisions made on that event but i i do speculate that we're going to lose most likely june just because of the safety issue and trying the fact that we're just probably not going to be able to have you know that event can get five to seven hundred people in one location it's a great event but again, it generates revenue from our, our sales and it's unfortunate. Um, the majority of our sponsors of these events have been amazing in that they're saying, you know, go ahead, keep the sponsorship, either keep it to next year for next year's events or let's turn it over and turn it into um, COVID recovery funds. So whatever your plan is to promote the downtown and help the downtown recover, let's put that money there. And then next year we'll talk about sponsorship when we bring the events back. So there are going to be some major budget changes. Luckily we were in a really good financial position to start with. So hopefully the effects will not be dire, but we're definitely working to ensure that we can stay above, above the water. No, and that's, you know, and I think that's to the testament of the main streets and the DDAs is just, you know, trying to ebb and flow and adapt as things change, especially obviously with uh, all the um, pandemic issues we've had to deal with over the last six weeks. Um, But I also wanted to relate my own personal experience to something Kate said, um, you know, in being involved and encouraging uh, the business owners. So as our listeners are, a lot of them are business owners go out and check out these events that your communities are a part of. I can speak personally Mm -hmm. last summer. I actually wanted to, you know, see how I might be able to get involved uh, here in my hometown. And I dove into the rock the block series, uh, rock concert series that Kate was just speaking of. um, Mm -hmm. And I did tear down grunt work, uh, lifting of barricades and tables and chairs. And essentially, you know, as that was, I fell in love with volunteering and, you know, being a part of it. So even as a business owner, you know, dive in, that's how you get to grow that network and learn the different stuff to be able to um, grow and succeed and have watch your business succeed in your community, uh, which does well. That actually does lead us into our final point here. So Kate, all the information that we've been able to give business owners today and the community at large about, looking into their own communities, whether they've got a downtown development authority or main street or both, or even some of the other community organizations. And how does that look to get involved and different levels they can be involved, whether it's sponsorship and financial to volunteering of times. But now as we kind of get started, like we started at the top of the show, restrictions are starting to be rolled back. So as businesses look at what does it look like for them to restart abiding by all the restrictions that may or may not be there as the weeks continue? How would you, you know, tell that new business that's coming into that community or maybe that business owner that's been in the community but never really been involved, um, how would you talk to them and have them implement 
or add a, um, the main streets and DDs Absolutely. into their um, restart plan. And we know that a lot of small business owners are very independent and they tend to wait and not reach out right away. And what I encourage mm-hmm. all business owners to do is reach out and at least start that conversation. Don't be afraid to start the conversation with the the director or even if you know a, a board member of any of these organizations, start by having that conversation, email, phone. I know many of us as directors, our phones are by our bedside. We're here and we're available to answer questions. So you need to tell tell us, tell us what you need, whether that's guidance on sanitizing or PPE, masks, thermometers, etc. Um, how to manage your inventory, what to do about your vendors. It's important to start that conversation now. Um, there are more than th- almost 300 businesses in our DDA district alone. It's really hard for me to know who's struggling and who needs help if it's not if it's not given, you know, if I don't get a tip from another mm-hmm. business owner, or if I don't hear from a business owner, I, you know, sometimes we assume that they're, they're doing all right and that couldn't be farther from the case. So start that conversation. Um, another thing that a small business owners can really help with, and that would be a valuable resource to them is read your email. I know that business owners, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they, 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 I, 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 I have a lot of I have some retail experience from when I was early in my career. I actually um, managed a flower shop in Maryland for a few years, and I know how hard it is. You've got a zillion things going on. Mm-hmm. Answering your email is <laughs> the last thing that you're thinking of. But with 300 businesses in our district, it, the easy, it's the easiest way for us as staff to disseminate information to our businesses. And I try really hard to only send that which is vital because I don't want to overload people. I don't want them to say, oh my God, she's emailing us again. Please stop. So, you know, if I'm sending something because I vetted it, I think that it's really important. So, and then also in there, we are asking for feedback. So we are sending out surveys, you know, Mm -hmm. asking what do you need so that we can get all of that data. We compile the data for our Michigan Main Street team for the national Main Street team so that they can see where our businesses are struggling, what they need, what they feel are their biggest challenges and communicate that to the people who make decisions like our legislators and our congressmen and senators and and really be that voice for the small business owners. Sometimes I think that, you know, we see some of these nationwide surveys and they're diluted because the COVID crisis isn't really impacting the whole country exactly the same. So it's important for us to have hyper-local information so we we can say to our Michigan legislators, okay, here's how the country is doing, but here's how Michigan is doing. And without that feedback from our small business owners, then our voice isn't as strong. Also, um, attending meetings, webinars, like our downtown discussion, it's a great time to network with fellow business owners, elected officials, share ideas, and, and really a great way just to feel like you're still connected to the community. I think that the disconnection is really what's getting to people right now. Uh, and being able to, to feel that connection and feel support is really important. I think you really talked about it too, Kate, there with like getting involved and being part of, you know, adding this as part of your restart plan is sharing, you know, your feedback as a business owner back to your main street, back to your downtown development authority, this allows them to be that bigger voice with the local and state and ultimately federal um, elected officials. This is what's going on. This is what we can do. This is what we need help with. Um, And I think that's really a vital reason for a local business to make those connections with their main street or their downtown development authority. Yeah. I really ramp up that voice. And to chime in a little bit about the emails, which is obviously making sure that your feedback's being heard. Well, that's something that a leadership of a company needs to do. They need to have a leadership role. So that means maybe it's you take a half an hour off and let your team 
continue to do the work that needs to be done. And then you do some of this other work that's going to be vital for the success and growth of your business in the future. So it's very important, whether that's opening up emails mm-hmm. um, or, or, or making sure that you're reaching out to, you know, your DDAs, your main streets, you, you can't, you can't just operate your business and, and not pick your head up and, and make sure you're, you know, you're, you're doing the other things that need to be done in the leadership role as well. Exactly. So Kate, where do you see, you know, pandemic and restrictions aside, fast forward six months, a year from now, where do you see Main Street's DDAs and the community at large going, whether it's um, different looks at events or different innovation that you're able to share with the local businesses or business are able to share with you. What does that look like as we go into the rest of mm, I wish I had my ad- magic eight ball that's beyond. in my office right now. Instead of looking through the- um, <laughs> realistically, <laughs> the next- <laughs> yes. No, I We're know. not etching it um, in stone. Just yeah. a different version of what this is going to look like. I believe that in Michigan especially, it's probably going to be a slow roll back to normal, whenever that might be. I think what we're doing now is important to ensure that if there is a second wave of this, that it isn't as bad as this first wave. Because when that happens, unfortunately, it might be right around the holidays. And this is our that's our biggest time for our small business owners. And that would really, really be a bad situation to be in for sure um yeah so i hope that the public continues to take this seriously and follows the procedures in place that are established not only by the government but also being respectful of our small business owners when they you know it's private property when they say you can come in but you can only come in wearing a mask that there isn't too much pushback there because we are protected it's our duty to protect our small business owners as much as it is their duty to try to protect us as much as possible. It's has to be a two way street with, with regard to how things are going to look. Um, exactly. I think over the next six months, we've already seen a lot of cancellations. I think it's going to be, it's just really hard to, to throw a major event, whether it's indoor or outdoors um, and maintain social distancing short of drawing six foot boxes on a, on the pavement and saying, okay, you have to stand in that box and you get this box. That's really not, it's not practical. So I think that you're going to see some event organizers yeah. shift and adapt and find things that can spread people out a little bit more. Um, there may be more online components. There might be more, there, there might be a scaling back and the festivals that you come to know yeah. as huge events like here in how melon festival that's a three-day festival might get scaled back i can't speak for that because you know it's run by a totally different organization and i don't have input there but the community needs to expect it yeah but hopefully still support the actions that are being taken and ever, all of the event organizers are doing this with the public safety in mind and making sure that we're doing our part because the last thing that we need is a whole bunch of people being infected and that's going to impact the community even more. So we're all working really hard to make smart decisions. For sure. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the businesses being involved and sharing their input so that those smart decisions can be made. Um, real quick though, Kate, can you share any new innovations that are coming up or new things that, you know, whether it's the Howell Main Street or Main Streets, you know, throughout Michigan and I'm sure in other states, uh, wherever our listeners are that are kind of looking to, you know, change things up or, you know, not necessarily reinvent the wheel, but maybe make the wheel roll a little faster, um, with the new things that are coming out. So what kind of new innovations do you see on the horizon that, you know, other main streets are talking um, about? I think that you, you're seeing, you know, wanting to going to see play. across the board that all of these communities are going to be looking at ways to bring people downtown and bring them downtown safely. Um, where I, I've heard ideas all the way from downtown reopening events and 
and festivals to which is really hard to do when we're trying to social distance um to catch cash infusions where we try to inject um yeah. almost like a cash mob where we try to bring people downtown to at you know inject funds into the business community um there have been some programs made available that you know you give a certain demographic a 20 25 dollar gift certificate and they inject they go spend it downtown um they might go out to eat they might go buy a purse hopefully they're going to spend more than their gift certificate is worth and really stimulate the economy there but it also allows for the social distancing and those protocols to stay in place um I think right now as organizations were starting to come out of crisis mode and become more creative, it's just it's taken some time because the biggest problem is the unknowns. We don't know when everything is going to kind of get back to normal. Um, business owners have been doing Facebook live events, which have been very sure. successful, um, you know, highlighting product and getting it out to the customers, shipping it. I've seen that be really effective and, the biggest thing is if your business is going to do something like that, if, if it's a Facebook live event, if it's a special event, if it's, Oh, you know, whatever you have going on, if you're willing, you're like doing a flash sale, 50% off of these products. Not only do you want to let your audience know, but you want to tell your local directors so that we can help market that for you. We can put it out on our social media channels. We can stick it in a newsletter or on our event calendars. We can help you with that marketing. So I always say that, you know, in our downtown development district, we have over 300 businesses and I don't know what I don't know. So it's really important for the business owners to let us know what they have going on so that their new way of doing business can be highlighted and we can really share it with our audience loud and proud. Excellent. No, those are all great uh, tips as we, you know, share some of the stuff that businesses should be looking for and kind of what that looks like as far mm -hmm. as down the future, not only as we come out of this, but in the next six weeks, eight weeks, um, as we go forward. So as we wrap up today's broadcast and sharing why it's important to connect with your community and connect with your downtown development authority and your main street and all the great things they do and all the opportunities you have as a business owner to sponsor programs, sponsor events, being involved in, you know, volunteering your time, being on the committees. I did not want to let Kate go today without really giving an, an overview as to Howell and all the great things that Howell does. And for our listeners, before Kate goes into that, Howell back in uh, was the recipient of the 2018 Great American Main Street Award. So, Kate, I want you to talk a little bit about that All as right. well. well. So, with that, I'll let you job. shine um, a light on how winning the Great American and Main Street Award was a huge accomplishment for our entire community. It's a war an award that's given out by the Main Street America team, National Main Street Center, and I liken it to kind of winning an Oscar or an Emmy those awards are only given to the best of the best. They typically award three a year and you really have to be in a community that is excelling and showing the commitment to community and economic development. So, you know, what makes us the best or made us the best? And I feel like we're still the best. So whatever. No. <laughs> Until another community in Michigan <laughs> wins it, we're still the best for now. I agree. Um, but there we're unique. Go. Like we were talking about before, you know, when you visit downtown hall, you're finding an exciting blend of creative boutiques and shops, things that you're not going to see anywhere USA. We have delicious restaurants. We have coffee shops that are fun and funky and original and become people's third office space. We have a awesome brewery that hosts special events like beer yoga and cornhole leagues, you know, fun and inventive things to get us through, especially through our yucky winters. Yep. Um, and hosting unique events is also our thing. We have a world-renowned hot air balloon festival and competition. We have our melon festival. We have Rock the Block on Wednesday nights. 
We flood the town with witches during Witches Night Out in the fall, which is a huge retail event for our small businesses. So, you know, we have something for everyone. And I know that this year might look a little bit different with some of these events, but we're really hopeful that with some slight revisions that a lot of these events are going to happen mid mid to late summer, maybe into the fall. But really what makes us the best is our the feeling of being in a community you can feel it when you walk into our downtown most people use words like unique and quaint but it starts with our friendly entrepreneurs who are taking great care of their customers and they make everyone feel welcome to our downtown we have huge murals from our Howell Art Project, accessible art installations all over town. We have funky bike racks. We just have a vibe that it's uniquely Howell. We're not trying to be anybody that we aren't. We're trying to be ourselves. We're protecting and preserving our history, but we have our eye on the future and what really brings people downtown, what they want to see, what they want to do, and what they want to experience. And that's really what makes Howell Howell. So, Kate, what is one historic, you know, whether it's real or folklore or whatnot, what is one really unique historical thing about Howell that you would like to share? Well, we have an alley in our downtown that's called the Peanut Row Alley. There's lots of different um, explanations about why it's called Peanut Row Alley, but the one that I think has been vetted the most is that there was a gentleman who used to be in the alley and he used to just roast peanuts. So it became Peanut Row Alley. There's also a a legend that we have a rail, you know, the rail system that comes along the side of our downtown. And there's a legend about an elephant being buried somewhere in the downtown because the train or the circus a long, long time ago, I have no idea the date, but let's say a long time ago, came through and apparently one of their elephants died so they had to bury it which meant that they had to dig obviously a huge hole so the biggest question has always been where is the elephant buried in Howell some people say it's buried in Peanut Row some people say it's buried at the main four corners the intersection of Grand River and Michigan Avenue um, I can say that after the construction project we did last year on our festival street or state street, our alleys, they did not dig up an elephant. So <laughs> <laughs> the good news is it wasn't there, um, but where it is remains to be seen. So that's kind of the, one of the biggest legends that we have is there's an elephant here. I will say the elephant one is by far one of my my favorites about Howell. Um, my own personal view, uh, and I did not know that one up until recently. So when I heard it, I just kind of looked at everybody and like, "Are we serious here?" Like, uh, but it is one of my uh, favorite ones. But that's you know, getting back to being connected to the community. It's those cool things. It's why you open up a business in that community. It's why you live there. It's why you work there. It's cool other stories outside of your day to day. Um, that I think really what makes a community really interesting and um, really kind of funky to be a part of. Um, My husband and I were looking to move. We lived in Novi Uh, before we moved here. Sorry, this is a complete aside. Um, And we were looking for a place to kind of settle. We had bounced from Canton to Novi. You're good. We came out to Howell for Balloon Fest because we had heard about it, never experienced it. And then we spent some time downtown and I was just in awe of our gorgeous buildings. We have an amazing courthouse library, the opera house, um, and how welcoming and friendly and this community felt like home. It felt like one of those places where everybody kind of knew each other's names. People sat on the front porch. They say hi. It, and it is. It is totally that community. And you can feel it when you're walking around downtown, when you're swinging into the shops. We are a great community. And that is, it's amazing to me to have a career where I can work hard to ensure the success of my community where I live and where I work. So, 
Again, thank you, Kate, so much for joining us today here on the Trailblazer podcast. We thank you so much for all the information uh, you were able to give and really spotlight, you know, the Main Street and the Downtown Development Authority and what that looks me. like uh, for businesses and, and the community. I really encourage of. everybody to get in touch with your Main Street, your DDAs, and your chambers. We're here to help. Well, Dave, that, that was pretty awesome. Kate uh, shared a lot of great information that I frankly and personally did not know um, how substantial and how in-depth um, these organizations get with their communities. But you can feel it when you're walking down the street. You can It's just a different feel. Um, and I really appreciate, you know, those communities really taking the time to create such a great culture. So for you business owners out there, we were talking about restarting and get your restarting plan in order and getting reopened, uh, whether you're kind of a main street business or, or not. I mean, it, it's all kind of interconnected. Make sure you're reaching out to your chambers, to your DDAs and your main streets, because you can see how powerful and how helpful they are. Um, so, and I just wanted to, you know, thank Kate uh, for uh, sharing her time. It was, uh, it was great. And I really appreciate that. And I hope all of our listeners uh, took something away from this conversation today and learned a little bit more about what it looks like to be part of a DDA, you know, your downtown development authority or main street organization, should your community have that. And like John said, all the great things that they bring to your community and they're really doing it for you, the business owner, your benefit and the community. So take that step, look at it in your restart plan. How does it look for me to be involved, whether it's financially or with your time or just, you know, whatever promotion you can give for all the great events, the feedback you can give, make it part of your daily business habit. And so with that, I'm Dave McDonald with Mobile Tier. John Oliver, Agile Wealth Partners. And we thank you so much for listening to this week's Trailblazer podcast. We look forward to catching up with you guys next week. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks again for listening to Trailblazer, igniting business and community. Please follow us on Facebook at Trailblazer IBC, where you can post any questions or comments, or you can send them by email at trailblazeribc at gmail.com. Any statements and tools talked about are for conversational purposes. Please reach out to professionals for specific advice as it relates to your business. Thank you.